0: You need Indeed.
1: The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Welcome to the timeline of
2: Phoenix Suns podcast. My name is Mike here with Sam. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. This is um gonna be a special episode. Yeah. <laughs> after we just hit a special date. This feels it's, like our this feels like our Christmas special. We didn't get to do it's, a holiday special. So we might be making up for it right now with uh an episode that I think just for you and myself has been mm-hmm. highly anticipated. And, At the um, very least, It yeah. started off as a joke, like
1: uh, the joke extended to people asking us if we could do a, a podcast where we traded eight a- into every other team in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> and it was and we didn't do that for the record. I'll just I'll just put that on the table right away. I thought about doing it, but I was like, it's just then we only get like 30 seconds to talk about every trade. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time and I didn't want to waste time with some of the really dumb ones. Although there's going to be some dumb things said here and there as this podcast rolls on. Uh, but yeah, this is it's January fifteenth, the day that we're recording this. January fifteenth is the day that DeAndre can be traded, and I think it's an important day because, like, honestly, <laughs> what were our options to talk about this week on the podcast if we didn't talk about this? I was thinking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, we would only talk about
2: the, how the team's like really injured and playing badly. How the team sucks. I mean, we would have yeah. we would rehash the same conversation we've been having for several weeks now. <laughs> except in previous weeks, at least they were still treading water, sort of. And they were above 500 still. Now they're they're 21 and 23. Booker's yeah. return isn't in sight. Cam Johnson still isn't back. You know, like we'll we'll cover the positive stuff when we can, guys. <laughs> but, yeah. but honestly, uh, you're right. Like our uh, we didn't have a ton of options here. And and I will say also just like if you're the type of person who's who's just gonna you're a Suns fan but you're just gonna <laughs> hate listen to this. Like yeah. you're just gonna listen to this and and yeah. you know like maybe. Maybe that's not the best move for you. Maybe like maybe just move <laughs> Phil, on. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I mean, it'll get it'll get our download numbers up, but yeah. like, is it really worth it to to increase your blood pressure? Like, we are about to follow through with this exercise, which, as you said, started as a joke in our Discord, maybe on Twitter as well, and we're gonna see it through because yeah. I have and I've said on the podcast many times. No matter how bad the season gets, no matter how much the team sucks. I know that we're going to be here doing multiple episodes, one main feed episode and one Patreon episode every week, and because yeah. of that, I need to keep it
1: fun for me. And we still watch the games. See, like other people turn them off, like we're not turning them off.
2: We're finishing them it's, all the way to the end most it, of the time. Guys, it's the it's the dead of winter here. It's mm-hmm. 15 degrees every day. Basketball has always been what gets me through the winter it's like been my (laughs) vitamin d that i take every day like i watch basketball so that i'm not seasonally depressed and Mm -hmm. in a season like this you gotta just like not take things too seriously so we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. some of these ideas i think are gonna be great yeah some of them i think we're gonna sound fucking stupid but honestly i don't (laughs) i don't care and like you know what this is the point we're at now and and i think we just gotta go through with it
1: there's a couple things i just want to say that we're going to go through both of us sam and i separately came up with fake DeAndre in trades. And at the very least, I told him when we were coming up with him, I said, they don't have to be good. They just have to drive conversation. Because I think the important thing to do here is to talk about what options the Suns have, at the very least. Because all in all, as much as we talk about this season, I think it's become clear to most fans that in order to fix either this team or this season, something externally has to change. Something has to change by a trade. Uh, for example. As as healthy as they can get, I think they can have a pretty good run when they're healthy, but so much is placed on Devin Booker's back, as we've talked about time and time again, if that does happen. So yeah, here we are. Now we're going to have conversations about what can be done externally. Let's quickly talk just about DeAndre in general. I think he had kind of a disaster class in his last game, which I think is unfortunate because he did come back from an ankle injury. It was really poor timing for all of that, but boy, it was bad. It was just so bad, and I think People really, you know, the conversation on him was going to pick up this week, no matter what, because of January 15th. That's the day he can be traded. Uh, But I think having that poor of a game right before January 15th meant that it's really going to reach a fever pitch more than I think it would have had he had a great game (laughs) in his last game. But overall, I think I talked about it on our last episode, I think his defense has been poor this season at best really Mm -hmm. Um, the offense has been fine I think he's dealing with what he can and I never had expectations of him being an offensive star so it helps when your expectations are set sort of at the level he played in the past which is what he's playing at right now not really a lot of improvement offensively but it's just sort of at that level Um, and and I think that when it comes to his defense and how we talk about his defense it often boils down to the effort that's put in to continue to play well defensively which is, I think, what's been missing lately. The question, I think, always boils down to, is that because he doesn't want to be here? Or is there something between him and Monty or him and his teammates? Or the Suns tried to trade him twice already. Like, Mm -hmm. they tried to trade him for Demonis Sabonis, and they tried to trade him for Kevin Durant. Those are the two trades we know about. There could have been other things that happened within
2: that. discussions, at the very least, that that took place. Yeah. We don't know how Mm -hmm. far, for instance, the the Sabonis thing got. I, I don't know if it got very far at all. Or Durant either to be honest right exactly but uh, but yeah exactly. at least those those discussions took place there was a willingness on the side
1: of the suns to make that trade <laughs> i would say uh so you know we're at the point where it's like okay so what can be done and that's right. what we'll talk about what are the options with deandre and one thing i want to mention he has to approve a trade yep now i don't know what that means necessarily would he approve a trade anywhere uh, maybe if a team's trying to trade him maybe he just is like all right fine i'll go to the team that wants me uh, or does it mean that he's likely to not get traded during the season, which I personally think is the most likely thing. He's probably not going to get traded by this deadline, but it is a topic of conversation that I think is worth exploring for us at least.
2: Yeah, it certainly would be remiss of us not to mention the whole Sarver aspect to this as well as people like Brian Windhorst over at ESPN have reported with Robert Sarver needing to, to uh, at least until the Ishbia's, unless the Ishbia's can come in before the February trade deadline. Um, which they're trying to rush through that process. Um, if it is true that, that Robert Sarver needs to approve any trade of a player making more than an average salary, DeAndre Ayton certainly falls into that camp. And uh, all the more reason that I don't actually think a trade is likely for him before February. But again, technically it can happen now, and so that's why we're talking about it now. I do think, by the way, it's interesting, and, and before we like jump right into the trades, we should talk really quickly mm-hmm. just about the discourse <laughs> Um, over the past week or so uh, because I've noticed this and I, I'm sure you've noticed it as well but it's just wherever I go for the past week whether it's on Reddit, Twitter, uh, Discord obviously like any social media app I mean I've never seen this many Suns fans in fact I, I, I think it's the majority it feels to me like the majority of Suns fans or, or at least Suns commentary that I see online right now is now open to the idea of DeAndre Ayton being traded which was never the case previously. Like, it feels like the last two weeks broke Suns fans in in a certain way. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Like, finally dipping yeah. below 500, it, it felt like a lot of people's illusions about DeAndre Ayton were finally shattered. And and to be honest, what's even more interesting about that is that all of those people who now say, okay, fine, I'm willing to trade DeAndre Ayton, those people are fall into two distinct camps. They're not all on the same side either. I think they're the people who have kind of been done with him for a while and just don't think he's that good of a basketball player. I certainly think there's a segment of the Suns fan base that feels that way. And yeah, then I think, definitely is, yeah. but then I think the most rapidly increasing camp that I'm seeing more and more, as you were just talking about effort a couple of minutes ago, are these fans who are now saying, look, we think he's super talented. We might even think that, you know, as soon as he gets traded, he's going to look better because he's going to start trying again. But this partnership for for effort reasons just isn't working and it's clear that he doesn't want to be here and so okay maybe previously I wasn't on board now I'm on board and and we just have to we just have to move on and of course there's the third group which is still firmly in Aiden's camp but that group seems to be diminishing kind of week by week I think you're right I think
1: you're right just based on a few things I I'll say just just from the way that it's talked about I think just the concept of trades are just more casually thrown around not just necessarily by fans but even by like media members of other people without the attacks that would have come in the past and I think it's because the season is where it is right now it's not necessarily just dropping below 500 but we also saw a pretty significant significant stretch of the season where the team was essentially built around DeAndre and and maybe that was eye-opening for some people to see what that would actually look like uh, for an extended period of time or to see maybe The effort not being what you would expect were that to happen, especially in a case where right now the Suns are sort of fighting for their lives in the in the playoff race (laughs) to be even in the playoffs. You know, you maybe you would expect more of an effort uh, in that case, and and for those people, it is changing. And I will say for some of the people that are maybe on the fence about whether or not the Suns should trade him, there is probably going to be somewhat of a reality check in this podcast because you know I am trying to do some research about what the value of DeAndre and would be on the trade market and you know i think that maybe uh i think oftentimes with trades in general fans of the team that are trading a player will overvalue their own players yeah. and they'll undervalue the players coming into their team yeah. right that and that 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 I the think, exact
2: opposite works for their other team i think we should that trade right i think we should name it like i i think honestly it's so universal to the world of basketball this paradox that exists surrounding the trade value of certain guys and the way that their fan base talks about them i think someone should someone should name that paradox i can't think of a right. specific i'm not going to call it the eight in paradox but like i talked <laughs> you about I, I just did i just did i mean if we want to roll with that that's fine with me but it's like the past couple weeks i have seen for the first time yeah. i would say over 50 percent of suns fans saying let's trade the guy the second you cross that threshold and the majority of the fan base is on board with with moving on obviously that's when that guy's value has hit its lowest point a year ago yeah. if we had done an 8 and trade podcast in the midst of a 64 win season even though i think many of these weaknesses in Aiton's game, we were talking about throughout the course of the year and were just weren't as prevalent. Though. And we're obvious to people. Not yeah, not to the same it wasn't as consistently bad. But but you know, some of the same worries, some of the same concerns were maybe sometimes bubbling to the surface. But at the end of the day, it was a 64-win season. And and if we had done an Ayton trade pod, people would have called us fucking idiots. You know? But so that that's when he would have had the most trade value, technically. If if yeah. you know that would have been your opportunity to sell high. And I do, I, I do still think he carries uh, a considerable amount of trade value. But I think if fans are coming into this podcast with the idea that we're going to trade for a bunch of bona fide stars, it might not exactly look like that. And I think there are a few different types of packages, depending on the future direction of the team, that you could kind of sort these, sort these out into those categories.
1: That gives me a nice platform to jump off of here to explain one part of this. I came up with some on my own. You came up with some on your own, but I also uh, tried to spend some time reaching out to people who cover the NBA as a whole, who cover other teams, and asked them to make up some trades on their own because I thought that in particular would give us a good baseline to understand, at the very least, where other people value. Uh, DeAndre Ayton at this time, and to and, and to some respect, I also think it kind of shows their opinion of the Suns team as a whole, as far as what they think the Suns should do. But you know, keep in mind that often when trades like this come up, people are thinking, "Where's the best fit for Ayton?" Not necessarily what's the best pieces going back to the Suns, which I think is how you and I would approach it, and uh, and they would approach it a little differently. And uh, yeah, so do you want to hear a couple of those?
2: Absolutely. Yep.
1: Okay, let's start with those. And and here's I'll I'll just these are I'm gonna give them the opportunity to give me these trades anonymously. Right, wait, are, you're gonna say anonymously? Gonna, I was like, you're not gonna yeah, throw not, them under the bus. <laughs> so
2: I'm you. not gonna call them out by name because I told them I wouldn't. Okay, you know, because I wanted honest. But these are people who cover the league from an NBA perspective. You're saying is that it? Or yes.
1: Sometimes they're team specific, but even the people that were team specific often weren't even
2: just making trades for their own team. They were making think, up trades for the other teams. I think just getting any opinion outside of kind of our little bubble is helpful uh to kind of set the table here and and also you know just on the off chance i think it it needs to be said before we get into our our um our own proposals if by any chance fans of other teams are listening to this pod I would also encourage them not to hate listen. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like we're going to I feel like we're going to take it from both sides after we release this the (laughs) second we release this. And I'm not looking forward to it particularly.
1: Well, this is why I never put trade. I put I put them in podcasts. I I do a lot of fake trades. Actually, you know, there was a brief period of time where I was doing one almost every week, if you remember uh, last year. But. I never put them on Twitter. I always try to save them for the podcast. I will say if you're the type of person that wants to take all of this way too seriously, then just just leave us alone. We don't really care, honestly, because this is just for fun. And it's just because we like talking about basketball. Um, so yeah, tune out if you'd like. Listen if you'd like. But if you have any complaints, I don't care. You can, <laughs> I, don't know.
2: I don't really care. I don't really want to hear them. No, I don't really al- care. You're allowed to complain. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to complain. It's just, you know, we can't guarantee that we're gonna give you. Well, if you if a you're a regular listener and you're and you have a, a complaint, I'll I'll hear those. That's, but for yeah, those
1: of you tuning in to too. get mad, I don't care. um Yeah. All right, let it rip um, the uh, the outside okay. ones. So this is from somebody who covers the NBA. He said, <laughs> "I almost don't even want to say this. I don't, out I don't like it already." <laughs> Nikola Vucevic and Kobe White
2: for DeAndre Ayton. So you know Vuce actually, as we speak. Just had a career. Of course this happened. He just had a career high 43 points in a Bulls win. Yeah. I hate this trade though. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not going to, you know, I I hate this trade for the Suns. But Vooch deserves his credit. He literally just had a career high tonight. And so that's a pretty special moment for him. Aiden's never had 43. How many Suns players do you think have had 43 points? Uh, On the current team. On the current team? um, Yeah. At any point in their careers Chris Paul I yeah. assume has had 43 at some point although maybe just barely yeah right like he must have had a 43 point game once
1: Chris Paul has
2: had two 43 point games and those are his career highs nice okay and then obviously uh, Booker um other than that nobody 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 yeah yeah that's correct yeah <laughs> nobody
1: has had a 43 point game on the Suns well would you do uh, this could people maybe would you know okay <laughs> I would not do this all right I did counter you know, because I was like, all right, negotiations are open here. And I let him sort of represent the Chicago Bulls in this negotiation. And I asked if DeMar DeRozan could be on the table at some point for the, the Bulls instead of somebody like Vooch and Kobe White. His response was that if the Bulls were to move on from DeMar, it would be with the intention of garnering draft picks. And his final sort of counter in that negotiation that we had was some level of consensus that I agreed to bring up on the podcast of eight and plus expiring contracts. Somebody like Dario Saric, Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit for Demar Derozan and Nikola Vucevic if the Suns were willing to include uh, at least the 2023 pick unprotected plus one more pick. So the Suns would be trading eight for Demar Derozan and Nikola Vucevic, and basically none of the other players would be consistent. Uh, players that actually play on the team.
2: <laughs> I have an issue with giving up this year's pick unprotected. Yeah.
1: But, you know, that but, would be the the place where they would draw the line. I think that actually makes sense but from his perspective.
2: W- also, with DeMar, there's no way this team is actually going to tank. You know, like, with DeMar, okay, so, like, how bad yeah. could that pick really be? It'll be the 11th pick at worst or something. They could make a legitimate playoff run with DeMar DeRozan this year. Uh and, and And also, he's an all-star. And he's, I think and mo- he's a great player. And he's yeah. a great player. And I think most of the guys we're going to talk about today are not all stars. And I think he exactly. he can be a legitimate number two next to Booker, which is kind of what we're looking for all along. Oh, all of this is to say he's also almost thirty-four <laughs> years old. And I also yeah. don't know if yeah. you can win a championship with a vooch level defender exactly. at center. Right. So it's exactly. tough. It's tough. Yeah. That that one, you're throwing a, a hard one already.
1: Yeah, I thought it was well, I thought it was interesting because it was it came from a negotiation. From me as the as the Suns rep and him as the Bulls rep, uh, you know, an uh, imaginary negotiation there, and it's we'll just put it we'll just leave that one out there for now. The one thing I did say to him that I do actually believe is I do think the Suns would be willing to attach draft picks to DeAndre, and if they can get someone who would be considered a star player like DeMar DeRozan, yeah, back. I feel, I feel the same. Outside of that, I feel the same. Yeah, I don't know the draft fixer, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. You want to hear another one? Yes, let's do it. And uh, we'll go through these that other people said first, these anonymous people, and then uh, and then we'll get to ours. Uh, somebody recommended <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> <they're> gonna... <laughs> it's funny. Jonas Valanciunas, salary plus picks for DeAndre, essentially. Yeah. That's right? So it would be Valanciunas is the only, Yeah, right. So happen. the only, the, the, the way that one works in particular is that it's essentially the idea is that the
2: Suns are valuing the picks, and then at least they yeah. have a rotation center. Here's then. the thing: and I don't think. Yeah. First of all, we well, I'll, do you do you have any strong opinions? First, I shouldn't cut well, you off. You can go. <laughs> my my first thought would be: what if it's the Lakers' pick? Right. It's it's not gonna be. I don't think. My, my thing yeah. is, um, like, yeah, we know James Jones doesn't like picks and all that. My bigger thing is the Ishbia's. If the Ishpias take control of this team in time for this theoretical trade to happen, I think them especially, they are not interested in any sort of DeAndre Ayton trade, which is just, here's salary and picks. Yeah, they they want to be good. They want to be competitive. And I think there are unique, creative ways, to because one of my biggest pet peeves with the Suns at the moment is I think they need a youth infusion. I've said that a bunch of times. I think they need more youth on this team. But I don't want to do it in the traditional tanking way per se. I think you can get salary back in a DeAndre Ayton trade that is like rotation, like decent rotation players to keep you yeah. solid, and also you know like eat your vegetables and also get a treat or two as well with it in the form of some like you know former lottery picks or, or some just generally oh, some young caveats. talent age twenty one. Let me to ask 24. you then.
1: Let me see if I can make it sweeter for you. Do it. Does Kira Lewis entice you at all? Uh no, not really. Yeah, not me not really either. <laughs> I don't know, like this is this is the question for me. But and I don't think they would do this, but I'm just going to throw it out there just as a conversation topic if Herb Jones was included, what would you do in that case? Um okay, so what's the full package Herb Jones?
2: So it'd be like a some
1: version of Jonas, Herb and like and a pick. I, I, yeah. Let's say and, Jonas,
2: and, or, Jonas Herb and a first round pick that is not the Lakers pick. At some point down the line in the future, does that does that match salary wise? No, no. I think
1: they'd have to include somebody like. Let me see. I don't Devonte Graham or somebody, okay. which is not enticing. But yeah, you know, so Jonas is at
2: fifteen. Herb is um, obviously at basically nothing. Let me see like when four. Yeah, he's he has one more year before he hits free agency, which is really helpful as well if you're trying to compete for next year. Um, yeah, i I'd, I'd do that. I mean, Herb's great. I I don't think the Pelicans would necessarily. I don't think the Pelicans would because they're trying to compete right now and Herb's just, he's too valuable to what they do. But I would do that. I
1: understand the idea of putting someone behind Zion like DeAndre. And if you can get the 2021 playoff run DeAndre and behind Zion, you can make the finals for that team. So I understand why that would be considered. Uh, I have one more. You're going to hate it. (laughs) DeAndre and Jay Crowder for Gordon Hayward. No. PJ Washington and Mason Plumlee plus two lightly protected first round picks. Um,
2: I actually have a Charlotte idea uh, of my own and it's not this. So I don't. Okay, so we'll hold on to it. I don't like that. I would counter offer with my thing instead. Let's do that. Let's do that. We'll start with yours then, actually, if you if you want to start with that one. So I don't mind Gordon Hayward actually as a proposition. You asked me on a playback stream, I think it was what I thought about Gordon Hayward for Chris Paul. And I didn't love Gordon Hayward for Chris Paul, <laughs> dude. I say some crazy things. I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you don't.
1: You just, <laughs> you just like I don't know what you're on. On that the playback stream, that completely streams. insane. Dude. It's like I just like it's like I just chopped up a Bill Simmons podcast and then snorted it and then started that
2: <laughs> that playback you just, episode. <laughs> you've got whatever you've got going on in your fucking <laughs> fancy coffee machine that you have at home. You throw back one or two of those before a playback stream, and you just get loose and. <laughs> Just start saying some crazy shit, man. So you definitely said Chris Paul for Gordon Hayward <laughs> I, at some point. Right. That no, is I believe that For sure. Yeah. For I sure. didn't love that because I don't like Gordon Hayward, I think actually can still contribute to a rotation. I think he can be a fine player. Uh, obviously not at the $30 million price tag, but like he can't even come close towards replicating specifically the role that Chris Paul has in the offense. And I think it would be difficult to, to shift those puzzle pieces around. But if it was for Aiton, uh, first of all, I don't have, what do I have here? I don't have Jay Crowder in this trade. I actually included Tory Craig in this trade, which maybe that was a mistake and I should have done Jay Crowder. Mine is DeAndre Ayton and Tory Craig for Gordon Hayward, Jalen McDaniels, and Mark Williams. And um, what, who are the other two players besides Hayward in, in that proposal? PJ
1: Washington and Mason Plumlee.
2: So let me start with why I don't want those. Mason Plumlee, I think, is obvious. He's cooked. Um, P.J. Washington is a <laughs> Mason f- Plumlee is the reason they need Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. P.J. Washington is a fourth year player who is not having a particularly inspiring fourth year. Uh, even if you'd want to keep him in the f- in the first place, you'd have to re-sign him this year. And I point out, actually, that's true of Jalen McDaniels as well. Um, the difference is McDaniels is actually playing well. And I think would be an instant upgrade over, say, a Torrey Craig if you just swapped him out in the rotation. He's long. He can defend. His shot has improved. He's a plug-and-play wing. He's like 24, 25 years old. Maybe there's some potential to squeeze out of there. And I'm just not a huge fan of P.J. Washington, his his kind of general archetype, the pudgy power forward. Doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that. Uh, And then I would take back Mark Williams because he's actually one of their rookies who's having, he was like the 15th pick this year. He's having a solid season. He's not having too good of a season for a rookie, like Walker Kessler style or something where like all of a sudden a team like, you know, the jazz with Walker Kessler would not want to trade that level of prospect because suddenly they think he's their next Rudy Gobert for the next 10 years. Mark Williams is definitely, you know, not that, but he's had some nice games recently. And I think he is trending towards probably going to be, He's going to be like a rotation player for a long time in the NBA, probably. And uh, so, yeah, I would kick the tires on something like that. But the big reason why I would consider doing this, even though you're not getting back a star, because objectively, of course, Gordon Hayward is not a star, is Gordon Hayward next year is a $30 million expiring contract. And if you trade DeAndre mm. Ayton for a couple of young players, in this case, and Gordon Hayward... Without giving up a pick. Without right. giving up a pick. And maybe even getting a pick back. Maybe one or two. Maybe, you maybe. try... Yeah. Let's say you suck for the rest of the year. Let's say you don't suck too hard for the rest of the year, okay? So, like, like if they get the first pick, I want them to take Wemby. If they get the second pick, I, I think I want them to take Scoot. Let's say they get some lottery luck. Let's say they're at four or five. Now, there, I think, you have a really interesting fork in the road
0: mm-hmm. where...
2: I've been talking about youth infusion. fusion. There are a lot. I need to start researching the draft, first of all. We we may, we may have <laughs> yeah. to. We'll see. We After the trade deadline, that. we'll know for sure, right? But, like, on the one hand, you could take a guy at four or five for sure. But, on the other hand, let's say you've traded DeAndre Ayton, and from the start, like, no matter who you're, you're out, you're looking for disgruntled stars around the league. It's draft day, it's June. You know, Siakam's out there. Right? Assuming Siakam doesn't get moved within the next three weeks. You know Siakam's out there. There might be other guys out there. But the point is, you have, as the cornerstones of a package, you can approach any team that might be willing to discuss the notion of rebuilding or a fire sale or call it whatever you want, but like heading in a different direction, right? And you can say, here's $30 million in expiring salary, totally expiring salary in the form of Gordon Hayward, and a top five pick in the draft. You might still have to include something else if it's a true bona fide star. I don't know. But you're you're starting that negotiation from a position of, I think, extreme strength versus where a lot of other teams would be. And you would be you'd be in a very, very competitive position putting towards your be, your best offer towards Siakam at that point, if we're talking June. So you have Gordon Hayward for six months, or not even six months. You have Gordon Hayward for thirty games. He gives you thirteen points and five rebounds, but that's not the point. You know, like he helps you like win two games that you otherwise would have lost. I don't know. But none of that is the point because that is a flexible ass salary that maybe you can then move off towards uh towards getting a star. Right? A lot would have to go right, but I'm not I'm not against it necessarily. I could see mm-hmm. it. I think that all of
1: that is logical and it makes sense. And part of me deep down inside is laughing at the fact that. So many people tuned out as soon as you said eight and for Gordon Hayward,
2: (laughs) a hundred percent, a (laughs) hundred percent. But I
1: understand exactly where you're coming from because it's the idea of still, it's 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 basically essentially using an asset to maintain your flexibility later and maybe even potentially avoiding a. Even worse situation down the road, which could potentially not that I want to concern troll here, but that could potentially still happen with DeAndre, and it could go, get worse. Also, in some ways,
2: if he's unhappy. Also, I think it's important just to note that you know on a spectrum of some of these, some of these ideas being more realistic, or some of these partners being more realistic, and some of them being less realistic. Charlotte actually feels like a team that could really buy into DeAndre Ayton and and try to re up his value like that they need a pick and roll a consistent pick and roll partner for LaMelo Ball to be a number 2 that could help them kind of rebuild that organization. I could easily be sold on that if I'm a Charlotte fan. Now if I'm Phoenix, I just want to kind of rob them of a couple of their young pieces in the process uh, as well as the expiring salary. That's that's really what I'm after. Um get,
1: not that we have to say whether or not we would do any of these cuz it's like I said it's just a conversation more than anything. But if they start to throw in any version of an unprotected pick from them in the future, then you could you could probably talk me a lot closer to being into that. Uh, because then you're talking about approaching uh a trade in the future with whatever the suns end up getting plus whatever that pick is plus the expiring salaries that the suns end up having. So it's an interesting one. It's very interesting.
2: Uh should I go now? Go ahead. Um you're done do, with it. Should we the, do the obvious ones here? Yeah, go for it wherever you want to start.
1: I'll um let's just do the Raptors in let's because this one obviously we have to do at some point yep and I came up with four (laughs) I came up with four (laughs) trades uh because yeah of course I did um and they're all varying levels of players uh to get from the Raptors now uh I still maintain I just want to say it again if DeAndre is traded I think it's more likely in the off season than it is during the season but I also believe the same about Pascal Siakam so I'm I, I will make these offers or these fake trades as examples for Pascal Siakam, but I'm not necessarily saying that this is something that's likely to happen, um, which I often when we do fake trades like this, people say things like Siakam or bust or <laughs> something like that. So, sorry if you're one of the people that do that. I'm not going to guarantee that anything like this will happen, but there's the obvious one. DeAndre. Let's just say this one just from a very basic standpoint. DeAndre in plus picks for Pasco Siakam works salary-wise. You can do that one. You don't really even have to attach anything else to DeAndre in, in order to do that because the salaries are close enough that the CBA would allow that. And uh, we can talk about the amount of picks. We can talk about what the value of those picks are. We can talk about whether or not there would be any sort of swaps or protections on those picks. But there is a world where potentially you could get uh, Pascal Siakam for just DeAndre, and if you're willing to, you'd have to open up the the war chest of of picks, I think, for this one in order to get that done. But I have a feeling I know how you feel about this one, but I'll give you a chance to respond to that one. Mm, I'm cool with it. What do you, What do
2: you think I'm going to say? I assumed you would like it. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool <laughs> with that. I mean, you yeah. know, it's just a basic one to one swap. Um, yeah, but then you so. have the potential of keeping Cameron Johnson,
1: right? You could keep right. Mikhail Bridges. Right. You can build a team around that. You'd have to solve the center problem either this year or next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, you just start but Biombo for this
2: out. playoff run and then figure it out in the summer, you know? it's Yeah, like not or, you know, you still have Jay Crowder, right? <coughs> in that right.
1: scenario, you still have Jay Crowder's salary to, to to trade. So maybe you can find at least somebody who is a little more versatile than than Biombo. obviously the, the big name that would come to mind, and that would be Jakob Pertle. If you can find a way to get him, of course, that would be... Uh, a, a nice team uh, in this case um, another one I think just just in case they say oh no we need Cameron Johnson which I think is a possibility and that would have to happen at the deadline otherwise it would need to be some sort of sign and trade which complicates things pretty dramatically if it ends up going into the off season. but DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Johnson for Siakam and Otto Porter was the other guy I put in there because it's like some kind of uh, Cam Johnson replacement in Otto Porter that could be the guy coming off the bench and, and shooting threes for the Suns in this case. I'm sorry. Very similar, but yeah. What's what's coming out from our side again? It's it. DeAndre and Cameron Johnson and draft picks. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I think you have to do less draft picks in this case, right? Yeah. If you're giving up Cameron Johnson. Um.
2: Yeah, I like it less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 uh it's all right. I, like, I but, like it less. Yeah. I would rather not give up Cam Johnson. But
1: I mean, I think the best case scenario would be if you could just do a one-to-one swap for DeAndre and for an all-NBA player. <laughs> if you figure that's out fair. a way to do that, that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be kind of difficult. Um, but that's just an example of, I don't think, like, Otto Porter was really good, obviously, on the Warriors in their title run last year. Not been great on the Raptors so far. This year, I think he's been in and out of the lineup in general with injuries as well. But it's an example of the Suns are like, all right, we're giving you a little more. Give us a little more, too. Technically, we'd be taking, in both of these trades, we'd be taking a little bit more salary back than sending out, which would be up to Matt Ishbia at that point. Next one. Go for it. DeAndre Ayton and picks for OG Ananobi and Thaddeus Young. This is something we briefly touched on. I think it was a patreon podcast yeah i
2: remember bringing this up
1: and i won't say that this is my idea necessarily was this my idea I think idea? it was on the low post
2: oh that yeah we yeah. covered it yeah right
1: it was something i think i don't remember if it was zach lowe or if it was bobby marks but it was the podcast with both zach lowe and bobby marks so i just thought it was worth mentioning because you know first of all og ananobi makes about half as much as deandre in right now and the thought process of the Raptors is that they are going to ask for everything if you end up being able to trade for OG Ananobi. Which, you know, I think is it makes it really difficult to say that this could happen. But I just wanted to throw it out there as an example because there is a world where Siakam's available. There's a world where OG Ananobi is available. There's a world where both of them is available. I think that's a lot less likely. I think there's a good chance if the Raptors trade someone, it's going to be one of those two guys. Not necessarily both of them mm. and I wanted to put both of them out there because
2: those are both good players that could be on the trade market pretty soon what do you think about this one I think it sounds more realistic than the previous two but I'm just not my eyes are set on Siakam my my vision is set on Siakam for the most part and Ananobi. he's he's good but he just doesn't move me <laughs> to, yeah I get it you know to speak as the kids do he's um yeah he's just he's fine it just leaves us a problem a, a
1: like a, a problem that needs to be solved you, for the same where you still have to find more creation so- shot creation. You
2: swapped a talented but flawed player at one position for a talented but flawed player of almost exactly the same age at another position. Yeah, um, which would be fine without picks, right? Right? <laughs> There's just, a world
1: where you do that without picks and it's like, okay, cool.
2: yeah, I just don't see really the the overall vision of what that helps you build towards. In my mind, most of these eight and trade packages, they're either building towards a star. Um, yeah. or you're taking back like kind of cheap labor that you believe in you know guys who you think could be good two or three years down the line but aren't quite there yet and Anobi is in that same exact tier as Ayton, where yeah i just don't know if it makes a lot of sense for either team
1: i um when i first heard that you know we talked about it briefly but when i really thought about it my first response was like oh no i would not do that especially for three picks or whatever but I admit that I have just kind of spent a lot of time just thinking about the idea of Devin Booker being paired with Mikael Bridges and OG Ananobi for the next few years. And it's just, it's at least fun to think about, <laughs> you know, the idea of potentially having some of the best defense in the NBA with Devin Booker. And also those two guys can both really shoot threes. And it's just kind of interesting to envision at the very least. yeah sure. um, i i I agree with you i think on a grand scale but it's just i find myself thinking about it more and more going i don't know maybe that's
2: actually kind of brilliant i mean it's hard to say i think you'd run into the same issues that the raptors are are seeing right now in fact like you'd have a lot of these wings who actually are really great perimeter defenders and they can shoot but without the creation element of it it doesn't really do much for you as uh and for the
1: suns it it would kind of have to come from a point guard too, right? So they because right. it would be hard to find a center that could be the person that creates. We've talked about that. There's two, basically in the NBA. So you'd have to really solve the Chris Paul problem in the future. And For sure, it would be harder with a lot of salary locked up between those three players. Okay, but less I, I would say than with Aiden. Uh, you got one, one when, more. Let me give you one more Raptors okay. one. Yeah, quickly, we
2: got so many more teams to cover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is just a big giant. This is a big giant one. I'll throw it out there: DeAndre and Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit. With wow. all the picks for Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's great. Sign yeah, that's the best one. I mean, it's the best one. It's probably the one that they would hate the most. Yeah, that's Raptors expiring contracts, right? They would probably hate it. But if they end up wanting to move on from both Siakam, who is you know one of the oldest players on their team, and just probably if anyone gets traded, if they're blow, you know, quote unquote blowing it up, it's him. They probably want to move on from Fred as well, who has a pretty large contract over the next few years.
2: So if you can find a way to get both that's pretty nice at the very least do you hear the cry of raptors fans outside your window right now <laughs> they they're, they're coming for you they, they've traversed the desert they've traversed we'll the entire country and they're at your door four, we'll give them four picks they're right? vicious Maybe four plus a swap and they're something. angry four picks will not <laughs> nothing will satisfy their anger mike you have angered well, the I, raptors. fair <laughs> i had to i had to slide it in there just because just the idea I would of, do it. of Fred Wembley is interesting. I would do it. I think it's awesome.
1: Okay. You can go ahead and go. Sorry, okay, I c- took up a good 20 minutes. That's there. totally fine. I can <laughs> so I
2: can choose any team here. It's, yeah. Um, I'm talking to the Portland Trailblazers. Do you have them on your ah, list? Ah. I do. You do, okay. I bet we have the same trade. I bet we have the same trade. <laughs> the guy I want to talk about. You know the Suns have a creation problem. Don't get your hopes up, by the way. I'm not talking about Damian Lillard. Are you talking about right, Damian of Lillard? Course. I am not. No, I'm betting that it's the exact same trade. Okay. I want Anthony Simons on the Phoenix Suns. Anthony (laughs) Simons. It is not the same trade. (laughs) What? Interesting. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, seriously? I have... I'll I'll let you go. Who the fuck do you want? Jeremy Grant? Jeremy Grant. Wow. Okay, then let me go first. I'll try and sell the people. Anthony Simons, he's still only 23 years old. He takes 9.8 threes per game and makes 38% of them people. Okay absolutely a guy who can play in a backcourt with Devin Booker makes mostly good decisions with the basketball doesn't turn the ball over a lot would enable you to kind of go back to your roots a little bit if you want to call it that in point book. Um, Now I don't deny that the awkward um, the the fit from day one with a Chris Paul Devin Booker backcourt uh, would be a little bit awkward. And that maybe there are some defensive concerns in a player like Simons, but you know, you have defensive concerns all around this roster right now. And especially with Chris Paul, mostly this team needs more ball handling. This is a guy who can provide ball handling. He can provide self-creation. He's a tremendous, tremendous shooter. He's not a perfect player. Um, But yeah, I threw out like Anthony Simons and Gary Payton, the second who just came returned from injury for them, uh, Mm -hmm. for Aiton that those salaries match. Um, for the Blazers, they would need to talk themselves into the concept of really believing in Aiton as the pick and roll partner they want next to Dame, and then they would have to move on from Nurkic and like move him for something else. Mm-hmm. I I would be into it. All right, what's what's the full trade? Huh? What's the full <clears throat> trade? Just Aiton for Simons and Payton. I just made the the salaries match. I would throw in picks if they wanted it. I don't know, but
1: I'd, I mean, I like that. The, the I and I thought of Simons. Uh, I will say when I was going through every, I looked at every team, uh, but I just thought Portland wouldn't do it, I guess, and that's kind of where I ended. I think I suspect but I could you're be right. wrong. No, I, I suspect
2: wrong. you're right that that they do still really want him, but um, but I don't know. I, I thought he was interesting because he's a guy who's he's a twenty point per game scorer, barely, but but he's there, uh, and yet he is clearly a flawed player. Like he's not a guy you can build your entire scheme around uh, in the wake of um. Uh, You know, if Damian Lillard is ever too old to function or if they ever move on from Damian Lillard or whatever. So like he kind of operates that same weird space as Aiden a little bit where he's not he's not a star, but he's almost there. Um, And if you really believe in what he can do more specifically, I think cohesively, he really fits with what uh, the Suns need most right now. And that's just three-point shot creation, and just shot creation in general. And it a keeps, Chris
1: Paul succession plan, I think.
2: And this a Chris Paul succession plan. That, that, like You've yeah. used up that DeAndre Aiton asset to go and get yourself a future backcourt partner next to Devin Booker, and then the rest of it, honestly, you'll figure out later. But I would feel good about that.
1: I had Aiton and Jay Crowder for Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic. And my thought process on that basically boils down to well first of all jeremy grant is averaging essentially 22 points per game and shooting 42 percent from the three point line so far this season on six attempts per game which would make him essentially the best shooter on the suns so far this season outside of damian lee and he has shot creation he has defense he has size at the position that we kind of desperately need size at but he's also a free agent and the questions of whether or not that would be somebody that the Portland Trailblazers are willing to put a lot of uh, future capital into is is a worthy question, and I think the question would also fall onto the Suns in that scenario. But you'd have a uh, you'd be in the position to potentially re-sign him next to Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, and I think the offense and defense would look good in this scenario. And also, you can get a serviceable, I'll say, replacement for DeAndre and Yusuf Nurkic. I think a, a player that's not nearly as good on on Aiton's good days but somebody that at least could start right now for the Suns assuming health sure uh with him yeah and that's and on the other side of that you think yeah and on the other side of that you think about the the Portland Trailblazers with with essentially Damian Lillard and Simons adding Jay Crowder DeAndre Aiton now if DeAndre Aiton starts giving a shit as soon as he gets to Portland that'll that's pretty good because the thing about Damian Lillard and, and Simons not good defensively <laughs> those two guys neither of them can really guard anyone right now and if you put Jay Crowder and DeAndre in behind them guys that can help them uh, play defense a team starts to look I think even better than with Jeremy Grant in my opinion so I that's that's my version of a trade that I thought was pretty realistic and could work. I like I like both of those. I think they're
2: both interesting at the very least. Yeah, let us know which one you like more. Um, we will hold grudges if you pick the wrong one. Uh, I, <laughs> I think um Portland really needs to be sold on like the idea of Aiton helping anyone defensively right now. <laughs> quite frankly, we of yeah. course we've seen him do it before. The Suns were a top five defense last year, but. It yeah. it's in this very theoretical space at the moment. You really have to buy into the notion that he's going to give a shit again once he's mm-hmm. on your team. Uh, would he do that playing with Dame? I I, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, but are they going to give him the touches that he wanted in the Suns' offense? Is he going to get those uh, in in the Blazers' offense when Dame and Simons are both doing their thing, chucking ten threes a game each? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, where's where's his path to dominate in there? I think it's just going to be more guard focused, you know, do your thing and play with force speeches. <laughs> which, yeah, which I mean, who knows? Who knows, man? That's the
1: case on every good team for Drayton. right? If, which is why honestly, really break it down. Yeah. which is why
2: honestly, most of the teams on my list are not that good. I bet.
1: Well, I got two for you. that I'm going to give you two options to choose for for my next okay trade. Uh, Spurs or Hawks? Which one? Do you have either of those? I've got the Spurs.
2: I do not have the Hawks.
1: Okay, uh, let's go with the Hawks, and then I'll let you give your Spurs one and see if it's the same one. Sure. I have two for the Hawks, and these are just obvious ones that I wanted to throw in there because— well, one of them's obvious because I just felt like we had to mention this, and that's DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder for John Collins and Clayton Capella. Yeah, it's another
2: just—what you did
1: with the last one, just front court swap.
2: Yeah, you just—it's just, just—it is what it is. I'm not you know? a fan. Uh, I wouldn't— Yeah, I would I'm tell. not really either.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not really either.
2: I just don't believe enough in what either of those guys do.
1: Hey, this one's weird. Uh, I'll throw this one at you. It's not working right now for for the Hawks. Like it's just not working, and they they put a lot out there for Dejounte Murray. And the concept of whether or not they would be willing to give up on the Dejounte Murray thing was brought up on a podcast that I heard relatively recently. I think it was with Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons. And I just put it out there, A and J Crowder for De, for Dejounte Murray and Clint Capella, <laughs> huh? Just just an option. I don't think it's real. I don't think anything could happen. And I think if Hawks fans heard it, they would be mad about it. But I just want to throw it out there because I could see a world where they're like, all right, it's not working with DeJounte. We got to move on. They want Jay, as we know. They could continue to try to make it work. They can continue to try to make it it work. I'll say that. But I don't think it will. And I think at some point, I'll be honest, at at some point I could see them moving on from both Murray and Trey. (laughs) And then at that point we have to have a conversation of whether or not the Suns should put an offer together for Trey Young, which was something that was also asked of me by some people who cover the NBA as well, if if the Suns would be in on Trey Young if he asked to be
2: traded at the end of this year. Hmm. That's which fa- I don't think I don't know. Right now I would say no, but it's interesting. That's fascinating. What what do we have to offer for Trey exactly? We've got Ayton I think you'd I mean, have to keep Aiden, right, at that point and so what do you see if you can what are you throwing at them? All your picks and the uh, bridges? I
1: mean, that's not enough for Trey. It, I don't know. Trey's kind of a, I don't know. It's not a great season for Trey. Uh, you know, beefing with coaches, the team's not playing well, yeah. not really necessarily adjusting to playing with other star players and DeJounte Murray and, you know, unhappy all around. So it's 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 tough to really gauge his value right now. And, you know, as we mentioned before, sometimes it's good to buy low on guys. You know, Julius Randle was at his nadir and you mentioned him. and Now he's playing great. Same thing happened with Pascal Siakam two years ago. Sometimes buying low on guys who can play better is a good way to go. And same could be said, honestly, about DeAndre Ayton right now for other teams looking at DeAndre Ayton. So. <laughs> you spin doctor. You,
2: but no, <laughs> well, you're, look, right. If people, you're right.
1: If people are saying DeAndre Ayton is playing badly because he doesn't want to play for the Suns and he's not trying hard, that's honestly good for his trade value. Do I know whether or not that's true? I have no idea. But if, if other teams believe he'll play better for them and the Suns end up in a situation where they have to trade him, I'm happy with them believing that he could play better on another team because at the very least it helps his trade value. I never got uh, a, any other
2: thoughts on those Hawks ones. Oh, I never got a chance to say. I just I think I like the Dejounte Murray one actually. What was it again? It was Murray and Capella for, for Aiton and Crowder. and Crowder, yeah, yeah. I think I. Lo- I mean, I, I'm not. I'm kind of not all the way in on Dejounte as a player still. Well, this thing is like he's kind of the guard version of Aiton, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard it put that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I w- expand on that. Like, I just
1: mean like there. I mean, I guess Dejounte made an all-star team, right? Didn't he make the all-star team last year?
2: Yeah, but like uh, you know, yeah, he
1: did. Yeah, he's in, technically he's an all-star, so maybe he, he is, can handle. He can handle better. The ball. He, he's not like he's a better asset, we'll say, than than DeAndre, and probably right now when it comes to making trades. But I think the idea of Dejounte Murray sometimes is a little more interesting than the reality. And uh, I like him still. I think he can do a lot of interesting stuff. I think the offense is still not great. And, you know, maybe a better situation still would do better for him. I don't really necessarily know. But, like, anyone who battles like that defensively is somebody that I just tend to like
2: because you just see the effort. I do think he has a lot to figure out offensively still just in terms of of finding his path to efficient offense because he's, like, what, five, six years in? And it just has never really coalesced. Um but it is interesting thinking about, like, just as a thought experiment, him next to Booker versus him next to Trey. You just talked about the two of them struggling to to coexist. I don't think that would happen in a Dejounte no, Murray. No, because Trey's Devin bad Booker. off ball, and yeah. and Booker is sensational off ball, and yeah. Murray has some objective strengths defensively that you know I just don't think can be denied. And yeah, I mean, as an heir to Chris Paul, it kind of makes a lot of sense if you think yeah. about it. Actually, I I, I, I think talk the biggest issue. For sure. The biggest issue is that the Hawks gave up three picks for him. Right.
1: Yeah. Sunk. Cost. And so talking them sunk into cost. giving up on it is is tough. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um okay. Spurs? Spurs. DeAndre Ayton for uh choose one out of Doug McDermott mm-hmm. or Josh Richardson. Uh Jakob Purdle and Jeremy Sohan. Oh. That's kind of oh. what this needs to be. <laughs> That's it's interesting. Well, it's kind of. I'm curious what yours was. Because I mean, I had.
1: I'll tell you. I'll and then we can talk about them both. Sure. It was just Aiden for Potal or for Purtle and uh, Keldon Johnson. Oh, okay. Because, I, just, and wait, I should say wait, that those that... two guys makes they make significantly less. Right. I'll just say, but right. the Spurs can take salary because they're under the floor. Oh, how
2: I didn't even think about that. How far are they under the floor? Uh, like 30 million <laughs> like well like a lot they could take all of eight and basically okay, I didn't think um, about yeah. any of that because that helped so much. I picked Sohan honestly not even because I'm in love with his game, although he is a lottery pick from this year. it's the youth infusion thing I was talking about um but just because he he was their prospect out of all their prospects, I didn't think they were gonna be if they were already giving up Purtle. I didn't think they would be in love with the idea of parting with either vassell or Keldon Johnson. so I was thinking all right, what other pieces do they have they have Sohan maybe they'd part with Sohan. Um, but they really need to be in on the idea, again, as as Aiton being a focal point in their offense. And are they? I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah. they're bad. Yeah, I, don't I mean, this is exactly what, they're ta- what maybe we are talking it's about worthy, before.
1: Maybe it's worthy of the investment for them because they can be bad this year and try a bunch of things with him yeah. this year and see what works going into next year. Out of all the teams
2: uh, that could afford to, to let Aiton Cook feed him the ball. Let him <laughs> dominate. You know, like the Spurs are in that position where they can they can do that. Most teams are not in the position to do that. Also- I like uh I like both of those trades. I think they're both kind of
1: interesting. Would I do them is a different question, which we don't have to get into right now. But one thing I'll say just just to point out about Keldon Johnson for those not paying attention, he's averaging twenty one and almost twenty two points a game right now, Keldon Johnson. And yeah, they're bad, right? He gets to shoot kind of every shot that he can, but he's still playing really efficiently uh you when you think about keldon johnson you probably think he's like six seven he's not he's six five which is interesting he still kind of plays power forward a lot of the times but he's kind of more of a a three four hybrid and you know he's just a player i think that would actually come onto the suns and i think he would fit right in right away uh still doesn't really solve their problem with size at the forward positions he's still kind of small but he plays bigger than his size i will say um, and he's just an interesting player all around. And the interesting thing about this trade, Sam, is it's not even entirely my idea. This was something that was brought up to me by somebody who covers a different team, like a month and a
2: half ago. This Pirtle and the Pirtle Keldon and Johnson. Keldon Johnson one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Johnson get bu- he gets buckets, but he's not doing it in an efficient way this year specifically. And to be honest with you, I don't watch enough Spurs basketball to know. Yeah, how much of that can be reformed? I just don't. I don't,
1: and your trade, I think, is probably maybe even more realistic. But I, you know, like I like you, you like said, the, the challenge. I mean,
2: I don't know. Is I do, I do. He he's I, a complete. I, I, this, he can't shoot. He's a complete. <laughs> he's a complete zero on offense. But you know, like so were a lot. Have you of, seen him shoot free throws? Yeah, no, I've seen it. I, but Mikhail He's Bridges. He's doing it with one hand right now. Mikhail <laughs> Bridges was a zero on offense. And Mikael Bridges was close to a zero on offense in year one. Sean Marion was a, one hand was Sam. a zero. I know. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> Guys have come in and they've done it before. Have you seen Sean Marion's shot for him? It worked out. He's one of the greatest sons of all time. So yeah, they, it's th- an interesting
1: idea, at least for them to even try that with him. That's that to me. Try even trying that. Shows that they're a team that doesn't care about winning games. <laughs> just like let him shoot with one hand and see how it goes. uh But yeah, I do like him. I think defensively, he's going to be really interesting. Rebounding, athleticism, attacking the rim, playing above the rim offensively as well. You've seen some pretty crazy highlights that he's had so far this season. Yeah, and we and just, the other thing I do know is the Suns liked him in
2: the draft. That's yeah. one thing I do know. Well, and we just don't have a lot of athleticism. We we don't have. I mean, it's hyperbole to say we don't have high-level athletes. They're all professional athletes, but you know what I mean. There aren't like high, 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 get-out-of-your-seat yeah. level athletes on this roster right now. Um, does that always correlate with winning? I'm not sure. It would be fun. It would definitely be fun. Yeah. How many highlight dunks have the Suns had this year? You know, like real uh, there highlight was that dunks. time that Aaron Gordon dunked on <laughs> Landry (laughs) Shaman on Christmas. So yeah, I mean we're we're just not getting a lot of that right now. It's kind of it's tough. Um how Um, many more do you have? I have I only have two. I have
1: one and let's see, I have one and then I have some things that I just want to ask you as a concept. Okay. Um Utah. Do you have Utah? No. Okay. This is one team that we know is willing to trade everyone as far as we know right now, except for Laurie Markkinen and, uh, I don't know, one of their other... Walker Kessler, I think, was the other guy. Yeah. That was supposedly is off the market. So I, I just threw it together because I was like, well, at least we know they'd be willing to do it. And it is Aiton for Kelly Olynyk, Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, and Jordan Clarkson.
2: Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> What's uh, what's in it for me? What's what's in it for us? I mean, I like Jared. Well, you Vanderbilt. you got Jared Vanderbilt. You I really, Jared like, Vanderbilt. I really like Jared Vanderbilt. But you know, you like, get a
1: stretch five in Kelly Olynyk, someone who can play stretch five, which the Suns don't have right now, and yeah, I think they okay. want. And then you get at least the rest of the season with Jordan Clarkson, who's another shot creator. Essentially, you solve in you solve your power forward. problem. Don't say you right, solve every issue with this. You trade. solve Do Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> you solve your backup power forward problem with Jared Vanderbilt. You solve your backup sort of shot creator problem with Clarkson who I was not in on at the beginning of the year but I am more in on after seeing him sort of change his game a little bit so far in Utah and then at least you have a I think an underrated player in Kelly
2: Olynyk. I will say one thing start have you ever seen a more James Jones big man than Kelly Olynyk? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like he's he's just he's, like what we wanted charge to be for the last few years. He shoots threes. He moves the ball in the middle of the floor. He's like, he, yeah, he fits. He no doubt he fits the system. I'm looking at his page right now. He's averaging four fouls in 28 minutes per game this year, which I think is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. that's like that's horrible. That's like, Vanderbilt's the defensive guy. That's in that's street. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's automatic foul trouble every night as a starting center, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it would it would help yeah, you're you gonna tread get killed. water. There's certain teams that you would
1: get killed by, but I, it's just one of those trades where I wanted to throw it out there because I thought, well, this actually could happen. This is honestly, this is probably the trade I came up with that is like the most likely to actually happen now, Yeah, like, at the to be an option for them at the trade deadline
2: rather than the offseason. One thing I think about and I know it's like not necessarily a great exercise to to build towards beating certain teams because you never know who's going to be in front of you, but like Think about how much success the Suns have had against a team like Denver with a big like DeAndre Ayton. Um, I don't know. Just imagine trying to like roll into a Denver series with Kelly Olynyk as your starting center, and it's like it's cool that you have Jared Vanderbilt now, but that doesn't help with this particular problem <laughs> whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you would need you would need other options. I guess you could just play a whole lot of biz, start beyond Bo. but like he yeah. would foul out pretty quickly too, so it would be tough.
1: Yeah, but then you have—I mean—at the very least, if you play a lot of biz, you have two other guys that are serviceable, serviceable players that can play center in Vanderbilt and Olenek. Yeah, which is just kind of—I mean—and you have the option of playing Olenek and Vanderbilt together, which is something they do, where Olenek is the guy that stretches the floor, and, and Vanderbilt is the one that plays out of the dunker spot, and then you get the rebounds and get the defense from Vanderbilt. You know, just, just throwing it out there—it's an—it's an interesting trade where you get three—I think—three interesting players in Olenek, Vanderbilt, and. Clarkson there yeah, I like all three of them
2: they're now. definitely a team that's willing to come to the table to your point and a lot of these other teams might not be not within the next month so just what's, worth uh,
1: what's your last one
2: I got two more you jumped two in more okay, yeah I got right, two right. more unless you want me to cut one of them but well wh- no, wh- I have some I have some more things I can ask you one of these is kind of a joke but I just thought okay. people <laughs> okay. would people would be mad at me if I didn't mention the Knicks like people would yeah, almost yeah I, I have that written I was hoping you would do it people would almost be like you're me. betraying your brand so I just I threw out there DeAndre Ayton for Julius Randle and Cam Reddish the salaries match um, now the issue is the I don't actually think this would happen because the Knicks are 24 and 19 and Julius Randle is averaging like 25 10 and 5 on his best efficiency as a New York Knicks to date and so it's like what's in it for them you know, I just I don't think Randall's actually on the table anymore. If he if he was, I would mm-hmm. absolutely love this. But like I assume you like that too. Even you as being the, mean, being the Julius Randall hater that you are.
1: Well let's hear let's hear the trade. It's Break just it it's
2: just for Randall and Reddish. And throw in picks if you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they'd do it. Yeah,
1: exactly. They, aren't they
2: paying Mitch Robb like seventeen million? Yeah, too? they're playing they're they're paying Mitch Robb seventeen million as well. So like it doesn't make sense. So so your only other path to maybe a trade with the Knicks is like you would have to take Evan Fournier's uh atrocious contract that no one wants to touch. And then maybe you take Mitch Robb and he becomes your starting center and he's not great, but he's serviceable and he he makes half of what Aiden makes, so it's fine. Uh maybe you could get them to give you quickly. You know, like, that's another way to build a package with the Knicks, but I'm not as big a fan on Quickly as other people. I think he's going to be solid. I just don't think he's going to be great enough to, like, jump on eating Evan Fournier money and Mitchell Robinson money, you know? So, like, yeah. There are other ways to build a package with the Knicks, but I I don't think they're the most likely partner. Um, Do you want me to do my last one here real quick? Well, let me ask you real quick. Sure. What do you think of R.J. Barrett? Uh in what context
1: what What if you could figure out a way to get rj barrett and mitch rob for Aiden or something and obviously you'd have to send more and there'd be other things involved but just more of a i didn't put a whole trade together i just wanted to ask you because i knew you were going to bring up randall so i just wanted to ask you about rj uh not playing great i would say this season no you know the efficiency is still bad No, the shooting is still all over the place and you'd have to believe in him as a prospect this is a player by the way supposedly they didn't want to put on the
2: table for donovan Mitchell <laughs> yeah the so I I had to confirm because I honestly forgot RJ's already signed to an extension so he is, he's yeah. he's signed for four more years after this one um at 23 yeah. 25 27 and 29 million dollars and I don't know if he's gonna I, I've never been a huge believer in RJ
1: yeah I don't I, know how I much was at he's first I had I kind of was just, I don't know. I kind of thought I could see it for a bit because I think the shot creation, the dribbling as his size, and I still think this, I guess, is interesting I like at the his, very least. I like
2: his confidence.
1: The this, the efficiency is just so bad, I think. Yeah. It's, it's easy to be out on him. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think, I honestly think that somebody like RJ Barrett and DeAndre and probably have pretty similar trade value at this point. Whether I might agree with that, like though. Hear that yeah, I might
2: agree with that. Okay. All right. What is your last one? Uh, Detroit. Remember when I said I'm talking to mostly bad teams? I'm talking to mostly Mm -hmm, bad mm -hmm. teams here. It's it's, Again, can we... So what I think is interesting about Detroit, I kind of put them in the same tier as Charlotte, naturally, where they've got Cade. They're not getting rid of Cade. Cade's going to be the guy, just like Lamelo's the guy. And now they're looking for who they can truly build around as number two to Cade, who can be, you know, who can complete that pick and roll tandem. Um, They also have Jaden Ivey. He's had a pretty good season. I don't think they're getting rid of him. What I think is interesting with Detroit, obviously, they've got Boyan Bogdanovich, who is a mm-hmm. win-now player. He can help you win games right now. Uh, and yep. he is on the table. And they're, I think they would rather get first-round picks for him, but I think they could also be talked into other stuff. So he could be salary that you include in this deal. Right. And then they're not getting rid of Cade, obviously. They're not getting rid of mm-hmm. Ivy. Right. But then there's this whole tier because Detroit sucks. Like It's kind of the same space that the Suns were in. A few years back with Josh Jackson and Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, when they had all those guys at the same time, it's like they have four or five guys between the Mm -hmm. ages of 20 and 25 who are getting regular playing time in the next tier that I think they would be willing to part with if they really believed in a guy like Ayton. And I think some of those guys suck right now and are probably always going to suck. And then some of them might just need a change of scenery. And I honestly cannot tell you which is which. This is the danger of doing a trade like this. But... If you're talking about a youth infusion, you've got Isaiah Stewart, you've got Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes is actually having a pretty damn good stretch of basketball recently. I don't know if you've noticed, he's like kind of playing really well over the past month. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got Jalen Duran, their other first, their other lottery pick that they took this year. Like there are ways to match salary of Boyan and a couple of young guys. Like Boyan, Killian Hayes, and Jalen Duran for Aiton works salary-wise. Right. Um, are Hayes or Duran actually going to become anything? I don't know, but they could.
1: I mean, supposedly Detroit was out on Aiden when they drafted Durin.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, that. And and that would be. Yeah, that would be important information. Yeah. So I don't know sure. how in they are on Aiden in
1: general, but I I do think that's interesting at the very. But it's just like least. More... I thought you were going to mention Beef Stew in there.
2: Yeah, he's fine. he's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Well, what I think is interesting, actually, I don't know if you've noticed, um, Beef Stew Isaiah Stewart. Uh, He takes threes now. This is like a a, a storyline that I don't think anyone mentions because the Pistons. Um, He like went from almost never taking them maybe once every few games to now they're like 50% of his field goal attempts in one season. And he's not there yet. He's shooting like 34%. Thirty-four um, percent on four over four attempts. But just trying to reinvent himself as a volume shooter, in addition to being the gritty physical. I mean, he's an asshole too. So like, you know, if yeah, we've been great. talking about maybe the Suns three need, and knee, maybe he's the three and knee guy. Maybe the Suns need more enforcer types. He could maybe he could maybe be that. So yeah, I just thought Detroit was an interesting partner to bring up because there's so much mystery. There's so many like mystery boxes uh, to to what they have going on with their roster. I uh,
1: I think that's really interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I would think that Detroit just is out on eight and I think they had the opportunity to sign him and they didn't even make an attempt to. Admittedly, it was during restricted free agency, which means there's different things involved with that. And maybe the concept of keeping him for three more years on a deal for sure is more interesting to them now rather than trying to clear the space for a restricted deal. Um, but I, I like it. I, I don't. Uh, I like your creativity in coming up with it at the very least. Um Okay, cool. That's a lot of options. I have one question. I have one more question I think I'll throw at you. I had other options, but I think this is the last one. It's kind of interesting. And i and I hope you haven't seen it because I brought it up briefly in our Discord. Uh but would you consider in the off season and I'm not saying I would, I just wanted to ask you this, Jordan Poole for DeAndre Ayton? Um
2: <laughs> What a I don't think I would. No, I don't think I would. <laughs> Why? Jordan Poole, his extension kicks
1: in. He makes a similar amount of money, or will be making a similar amount of money to DeAndre Ayton, and, uh, and he might be unhappy where he is, considering the leader of their team punched him in the face. Having a down season after a great season last year, which sounds familiar, right? A player unhappy who had a great season last year, having a down season this
2: year, that maybe a change of scenery would help them. Well, That's who DeAndre Ayton is. I'm just trying to think, am I a hypocrite for wanting Simons but turning my nose up at Poole? I mean a little bit. They're, I would say they're see, the right? same thing. Pool's what, twenty yeah, three? Yeah, I mean they're the they're effectively the same player. I think Pool's just playing really <laughs> poorly this year, but maybe that's clouding my vision. Yeah. I mean, I'd still rather have Simons because like he's playing well right now. But they right. are literally they're there. literally the same player. <laughs> Pool's a little bigger. Yeah.
1: And Pulls he a good a passer. I want to say that you know they don't really run a lot of pick and rolls on that team. And I think if they if you see him in a system where he, he's running a little bit more pick and rolls, I think he would make a lot of the right reads out of those pick and rolls as well. It's just something I wanted to he's throw out there. He's an atrocious
2: like, defender, man.
1: I mean, I guess yeah, Simons nice.
2: isn't good, but
1: yeah, he's not great either. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're the same player, just as you said. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to I wanted to put just plant that little seed in your brain right now the, the reason I wouldn't do it for the record I'll say that I wouldn't is because I just can't stand the idea of DeAndre and on the Warriors and then the Warriors like figuring him out and getting him to give mm. effort all the time would just drive me insane that I would think. suck yeah although if, if if Jordan Poole came to the Suns and and like exceeded all expectations on the Suns that driving the Warriors fans insane would also be fun so there is a give and a take <laughs> in that specific scenario uh
2: but I just wanted to just throw that one out there, right at the end here. The Warriors are up there with teams that you don't want to see Aiton on. Dallas is there too, as like I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but I thought of Dallas as a very natural trade partner. I think they could actually be interested in. they like him, Aiton, but yeah. I I don't want to see <laughs> Aiton and Luka play together. I actually it would be kind of funny, but I, I definitely wouldn't want to see them figure <laughs> that out, figure out that chemistry. Um, yeah. So yeah, there are a couple teams up there.
1: Uh, got anything else before we go here?
2: I don't think so uh you think we pissed off all enough right that's people a lot today? of
1: options i'm sure we did all i'm right. sure we did it's fun because we can do this and laugh and then they're gonna they're gonna be listening to it with a very serious face on uh the ones that like to get mad so um have fun with that one everyone but yes thank you everyone for listening once again having said all of this we both kind of believe nothing will happen <laughs> at this time and if anything does happen it'll be a little bit closer to the trade deadline but if something does happen obviously we will be available. And I don't think there's any, for those listening right now, I don't think there's any way to avoid trade content No, over the next few weeks on Abs- this podcast. It's absolutely something we're going not. to have to
2: cover. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. And be rest assured, if any of these trades do come to fruition, uh, we will be prepared to take credit for them. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> that's for that's sure. That's right. That's exactly right. So thanks,
1: everyone, for listening. If you'd like to join our Patreon, you can join at Patreon dot com slash the timeline as low as three dollars if you want to join our discord six dollars a month if you want an extra podcast midweek every week thanks everyone and we'll be back soon